All right, we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Appreciate everybody joining. Uh, we're going to go over the week four takeaways, all the fantasy developments. Uh, that you know, there's actually a lot to go over in week four. I don't know what it was when I was when I was preparing for the episode. There's a lot to talk about. A lot of you know shifts in backfields, a lot of changes in target share, things like that. So this is definitely an episode worth listening to. Uh, one quarter of the fantasy football season is pretty much over. You know, we got yeah. four weeks of football, uh, very interesting storylines, and we're going to get right into it. So, uh, Zach, first of all, how was your weekend? Did you have a good football Sunday? Uh, it, it was good, except I won in the leagues that don't matter, and I lost in the leagues that do matter. So that about well, gu- sums guess up Guess who weekend. finally got a win in the one league that does matter? <laughs> oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. What a brutal few weeks. Injuries. You know, it was it was bad. And, you know, Keenan Allen was out again. If Christian McCaffrey was out this week, I would have lost my shit, honestly. Oh, yeah. like, it would have been bad. Uh, but glad he was able to come through. And guess who got the receptions? Finally, Christian McCaffrey finally catching all his – I think he got nine nine catches in this game. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Um, one of the yeah, big things for me, DeAndre Swift was out. I had to replace him Rashad Penny. Wasn't feeling good Ooh. about that. Oh, he, he served up he served up 28 points for me. You know, it's pretty bad that the guy that I was throwing in for relief was my highest scorer. But um you know, it works out. <laughs> fantasy football has a way of working out like like that. So we're chilling. Hey, we're good. <laughs> That's why fantasy football is so much fun, man, because of things like that. Like when stuff like that happens, you're like, "All right, well, at least the fantasy gods don't hate me." completely yeah. you know what i mean um i thought the fantasy guys hated me over the first three weeks man i was just like <laughs> this is brutal uh but things things are getting things are looking okay moving forward but anyway all right yeah. let's get into it guys um there's a lot to go over all right <laughs> first of all there were a lot of people who ended up leaving alvin Kamara in the lineup for this yeah. early game right he played in week three seems to have been fine getting limited practice in practices in all week and was a surprise inactive early sunday morning for a London a London game, uh, do you have any Alvin Kamara at all, or did you, do you have Alvin Kamara in any leagues no, or not really? No, I remember I'm kind of becoming the Alvin Kamara hater around here, but yeah. um, yeah, my brother had him, and he woke up on yesterday morning, and he was not happy. <laughs> uh, that was a really, really just poor timing on the part of the Saints um, to have him fly all the way over to London and just say, oh yeah, he, he's just going to watch the game today. Like that was it's so true. Not, not good. The, the, the <laughs> fact that they, they, they flew him all the way over there just for him to be an at, inactive is, is kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, we now we did have a clue, right? That clue was that Latavius Murray was activated from the practice squad the day before. And the right. other clue was that Alvin Kamara was questionable going into Sunday. So like I know your brother had him in your lineup. Do you have any sympathy though for fantasy managers who left Kamara in their lineup because they didn't wake up in time? Well, it's not like we said in the podcast, like, oh, yeah, make sure you take Kamara out of your lineups. It's like, no, he was trending towards playing the whole time. And now, you know, I think that that was just kind of the fantasy guy screwing people over. That was them messing around, you know, first Sunday game, first early morning game on a Sunday. It, it just worked out that way. I don't like yeah, Alvin Kamara didn't play. Um, I think a lot of people got screwed over. I think that one's kind of out of their control. So, yeah, I have sympathy. I mean, I don't know about you. It, 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 it is. It is funny. because it, it, You know, if I woke up and Alvin Kamara was in my lineup, I would be so pissed. Like that would just ruin my entire Sunday. Like I can't yeah. even watch football and enjoy it if Alvin Kamara was in my lineup and I got that big zero. Yeah, uh, you, you know, start with the bagel. That, that would be, like, oh no my good. god, that would be terrible. <laughs> now, listen, it's it, in my in my opinion, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're aware of the possibilities. Okay, set your alarm, check if he's active. All right, go back to sleep if you don't want to watch the game. 
Okay, lazy ass. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and for all the commissioners out there, and I've, I've been seeing this on Twitter, you know, it, like if you're allowing, if you're a commissioner and you're allowing fantasy managers who like, you know, if you're allowing them to sub out Camara after the fact, you're soft. Okay, you're soft. I'm just letting you know right now. Don't give in. Okay, where do you draw the line? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like then, you open up, you're yeah. opening up Pandora's box at that point. Don't do it. You're, you're opening up a chance for rebellion against you. Okay, as a commissioner, <laughs> you already have a hard job. All right, now you're yeah. opening up all the Pandora's box, and like the rebellion is coming. Okay, so and, they see and, your weakness, and yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> and because it it seems like an extraneous, you know, just odd outlier type of thing where Alvin Kamara wasn't available because it was so early in the morning. Like if you're like me, I had just woken up. Sundays are my day off before football's on. But um, yeah, I I I think that you can't really say that. You can sub him out. I agree with you that letting people sub him out after the fact kind of goes against the whole idea of fantasy football. Um, if you don't want to worry about subbing players out, play best ball. You know, <laughs> that's what exactly. I'm going to say. Hey, it's true. It's true. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, I've been watching a lot of House of Dragons lately. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I guess that's because that's, that's why I like, I have a mentality of like, don't let in, don't let any, you know, you got to like make sure that you have all, everything. You have to have that border around you. Don't let anybody cross into your realm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you got to make sure. And like, like a lot of house of dragons for me. I could after watching football all day long yesterday. Like the, the new episode dropped, and I had to like watch it with my wife because that yeah. game, that show is just so good. It's like the one hour of TV I watch per week besides Outside football. Of football, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> anyway, it, it was so it was Grandpa Ingram and Grandpa Murray taking over for Kamara. The, the two oldest running backs in the league. Uh, I'm assuming Kamara's <laughs> going to be back next week. Uh, I am buying Alvin Kamara right now. People are pissed. Yeah. Uh, I'm buying. <laughs> I mean, nothing changed from last week. And the fact that he was out this week, maybe it's good for him that he didn't take, take a beating you know, in, in a game and he should be right for next week. That's the hope. Uh, but anyway, uh, in that same game, Chris Olave, he got it done with a 26% target share and a touchdown from Andy Dalton. Uh, but the Saints, you know, they, they tried to, their best to be run-heavy with Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston out in that game. So Chris Olave looking like he's looking like the number one wide receiver on that team. Yeah. You know, with, with Michael Thomas coming back too, you know, it's interesting. Um, Matt Harmon did a reception perception uh, profile over the first quarter of the season, and he did one on Michael Thomas. And apparently Michael Thomas has lost a step, and he's not the same guy as he was, you know, several years ago. Um, you know, not a huge surprise, but there was a notable difference. Um, and, you know, it looks like there is a chance for Chris Olave, even with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry fully healthy, that he's the best wide receiver on that team. So it's something something, something worth noting, you know, moving forward. So, you know, Olave didn't have a, a huge day. He caught a touchdown, uh, but he had a high target share. Somebody that if you're looking to potentially buy, you know, you can buy him, you know, relatively high. You're not buying him super low. But he's somebody mm-hmm. that could potentially uh, be big, you know, going, you know, to the stretch run of your season after the first quarter of football. Yeah, 100%. And especially if Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry continue to be, you know, banged up. I mean, I, I know Landry did play, but he didn't, he wasn't much of a factor at all in this game. So a lot of it seems to be the consistent in the passing game right now, even over Jameis Winston, which is funny <laughs> because Jameis Winston's the biggest part of the passing game, arguably, and he's not been consistent. But even with Andy Dalton and a lot of it, you know, put the numbers up that you want to see. Obviously, we kind of expected his ceiling to be capped because it is Andy Dalton. 
Um, but I think what he what he did was what we were looking for. You know, he filled in admirably. He um, got the production he needed. So it's not like you're sitting there and thinking, man, I should have started somebody else over him this week. 16 points. He's closer to 17, 16. You know, I, I'm okay with that if I'm a Chris Olave owner. Um, moving forward, I, I think it's the Chris Olave and Michael Thomas show. I'm not paying much respect to Jarvis Landry. Uh, moving forward, unless, you know, I, I feel like he'll have his games one or two, but I don't see him being much of a factor or taking too much away from Chris Olave going forward. And I know Jarvis Landry was the guy that you said, you know, he's going to get the target share, that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it seems like it's kind of trending more towards Olave in these past two weeks as opposed to the first two weeks. Definitely, definitely. Uh, in that same game, Dalvin Cook, he ended up playing uh, only 63% of snaps, but, you know, I think it's good enough and the volume that he got was good enough, like given the situation going into the week. Um, it's still enough to warrant him to continue being in your lineup, kind of locked and loaded. Uh, still 22 targets in that game. He still looked good. Great matchup against Chicago next week. The fact that it came out that it was a partial dislocation and not a full one uh, is apparently a better sign and there's a less lesser chance of things getting worse for him. So, you know, it did right. suck that Madison ended up vulturing that touchdown, uh, but mm-hmm. Cook seems, seems like it's gonna, he's going to be fine He's going to get his, and I don't. I don't necessarily think Madison is like their new goal line back. No, and, and don't let the you know if you look at the box score and the fantasy points that they scored between them, it looks very very close. But the usage wasn't close at all, like we just talked about. You know, Davin Cook, even with a half bum shoulder, apparently now um, he got twenty two touches to Alexander Madison. What do you get four? And this one just happened to be a fifteen yard touchdown on a third down where they just checked it down. He wasn't even supposed. to. So I think at a first down, I think he was probably just going for yardage, move the field goal closer. But um, he ended up scoring on that play. So as long as Dalvin Cook is in, you know, don't worry about Madison. I wouldn't start Madison each week thinking he's going to vulture a touchdown like that. Um, if Dalvin Cook's playing, you don't start Madison. I don't think even even though we've seen him in the past, you know, take a few touches. There's no reason uh, to do that. Dalvin Cook's the guy. And, you know, still, if the guy that has Dalvin Cook wasn't willing to sell Dalvin Cook last week, maybe he is this week. Um, bye. <laughs> for sure uh nick chubb continues to dominate dude like 19 carries 110 yards and a touchdown he, he's the new derrick henry you know in terms of getting yeah. it done every single week for four weeks straight without a role in the pass game without exceeding uh you know 60 percent of snaps in three of his four weeks so as of right now he is the overall fantasy rb1 through the first quarter of the season in non-ppr and half point leagues and is only 0.4 P- full PPR points behind Saquon Barkley uh, as the overall RB1. So Nick Chubb is killing it. You know, there's no slowing him down right now. You know, at some point, you know, Deshaun Watson is going to come back. It's possible that this offense can even take a step forward. So, you mm-hmm. know, right now, wheels up for Nick Chubb. You know, he's getting it done. So it's hard not to rank him as a t- not as a top five running back, despite the role not matching the production. He's like one of those outliers, right? One yeah. of those guys that is just way too talented. Uh, for you to say like, all right, well, like, well, the role isn't really matching up with the production. In his case, it is what it is. Yeah, this, this is an exception. We've talked about Nick Chubb being that all-world talent as maybe the best runner, pure runner in the uh, NFL. You know, he's right up there with Derrick Henry. But Nick Chubb is now younger Derrick Henry at this point. Um, it's funny because I'm looking back and thinking, how did I, how did I not see this coming? How did other people not see this coming? A lot of people had him not ranked as high as he's performing right now. Um, you know, offense with a good offensive line and a backup quarterback, are they not going to rely on Nick Chubb? Like, I'm starting to think, like, how did I not see this coming? I had him ranked lower than a lot of other guys. I, I think hindsight's twenty twenty on this one. Oh, right? yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> Nick Chubb was great last year, too. 
right? Like he was a great talent, but like this, the 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 games were like up and down. And he's gonna have those games. It just so happened that you know he didn't have those games. You know, in the first four weeks, he's gonna have a game where he take, gets like thirteen carries for you know sixty seven yards and he doesn't score. Like those mm-hmm. games are gonna happen. Uh, the Browns just happen to be in a lot of their a lot of games. You know, over the past first you know first four weeks, so. There's going to be a point where Jacoby Brissett might not be able to like, you know, keep them in it or whatever the case may be. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, as of right now, there aren't that many running backs. I'm starting over Nick Chubb, but I don't expect him, you know, to, you know, if I'm looking at week 11, week 12, I don't expect him to be ranked as a top five fantasy running back. But right now he is that dude. Yeah. Amari Cooper, he was shut down this week, right? Like we were talking about him having a great matchup. Uh, he caught only one pass for nine yards. Two games yeah. where, now where he's had one catch, one catch in you know week one and week four, right? And, and then in week three and week two and three, great. He's had huge games, right? Yeah. Hundred yard games, touchdown, nothing in between. Meanwhile, David mm-hmm. Njoku continuing where he left where he left off last week, catching five for seventy three. Donovan Peoples Jones out of nowhere getting nine targets so it's like mm. week one and week four it was dpj week right and then week two and three amari cooper week so things are yeah. going all i guess it i guess wherever the coverage is going i guess that's you know a jacoby percent just not gonna look that way right that's kind of how mm-hmm. he's how he's working it you know teams who, when they're focused on amari cooper he's gonna pass it to dpj pass it to david Njoku, you know but I guess mm. well, some silver lining here, at least David Njoku, two straight weeks of him doing his thing uh, and him, you know, matching up with the utilization that that he has. Yeah. AJ Terrell looked more like AJ Terrell uh, yesterday than he did, I think, all season. Um, of course, my pick, I think I called him Murray Cooper, my start of the week last week. Uh, so I think we so. can start think that curse. <laughs> we, we, we can start that curse now on Fridays. I'll do a start of the week and that player won't do well. So uh, you can tune in on Friday for my next pick. You know who to avoid uh, putting in your lineup. But, um, you know, it didn't look like the offense was as explosive as it was the past two weeks, at least through the air. Jacoby Brissett looked more like the Jacoby Brissett that we know. Um, He wasn't very accurate. Uh, He wasn't efficient. He threw a pick. He did have that rushing touchdown, but it was all on the ground with Nick Chubb, any of the production that they had. Um, You know, there was a stat that was put out in this game. They were talking about it on – the broadcast they said Atlanta and Cleveland are the only two teams up until you know obviously they put up 20 points this week that had more than 26 points um each of the first three weeks and it was them playing against each other I was like that's crazy because here was Cleveland like this superpower offense that we thought maybe we'd have if Deshaun Watson was playing and they had it with Jacoby Brissett and um now now it's it's kind of I'm not saying it's going to stay back down to earth but Atlanta wasn't really uh, a tough test I think Cleveland should have won this game so it's interesting to see how the offense goes after this. But Amari Cooper, complete, complete letdown this week. You starting him next week? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a volatility. Because, yeah. you know, you, you, you're going to get these weeks where it just sucks. You know, I, I felt the effects of it. Trust me. But um, you're also going to get the weeks where he's a very nice producer at your wide receiver three or flex spot. Because chances are you're not starting Amari Cooper as your wide receiver two or one. Um, as a wide receiver three, you know, this is kind of what you're in for. He is your wide receiver three. You don't put someone that's going to have like solid, consistent production in there. You shoot for upside. And Amari Cooper has that upside. It just didn't flash this week. I rather have a guy like Amari Cooper who is going to help you win weeks and get those 20 point games every other week than a guy who's just going to give you like 12 points per week. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
Like I'd rather that in my flex because that is the pendulum that swings to get you those W's. You know, and yeah. if you don't have that, you just have a bunch of guys scoring 12 points per week. It's not going to get it done for you, right? You need those pendulum swings. You need those that ceiling, and Amari Cooper for, provides it. Just leave him in your lineup. Yeah, 100%. Do we have to bench Kyle Pitts, though? Like, are we taking him out of our lineup? Because four targets, one catch for 25 yards, it's over. It's over, right? Like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's so I feel difficult. you got to cut, cut your losses, send him to the bench, okay? Like, he's just not getting it done. And through four weeks, it's been disappointing. 60% mm. rap participation for Kyle Pitts. It went down from last week. Yeah. So low passing <laughs> volume offense that amounted it amounted to 12 total routes for him in this game. Yeah. Like last week he saw 17 total routes. If it was close to like 100% route participation, he'd be at like 25 or 26 routes last week and then 20 routes this week. Mm-hmm. But Arthur Smith, man, like he has, you know, he has no clue what to do here. Yeah, he is the bane of all fantasy football players right now because he didn't actually go on record and say in one press conference, it's not fantasy football, you know? But when the guy that you have as a difference maker in your offense isn't getting the ball, like what are you even doing just in a football sense? It it, it was disgusting. Um, Yeah, you have to – I feel like you have to bench Kyle Pitts because at this point streamers are outperforming him. You know, guys that you pick up on the waiver wire are now doing better than him. Um it's really difficult. You're not going to be able to sell. I would say this. Don't sell him because we know what he can be. You know, he's a supreme talent, but you're not, A, don't sell him because he's a supreme talent, but also B, because no one's going to buy him. <laughs> this is a you're guy not going to get has, anything for him. You, you would have to sell him for pennies, and why do that? Yeah, this is a guy that has had three weeks at three points, and then one where everyone was like, oh, maybe he's back. That was still only, was it 12 points? Like, he's just not the tight end at all that we were hoping it would be. Um, I think it comes down to usage. Uh, he hasn't shown me that he's not going He's not going to be good if he gets the touches, but he's just not getting the touches. Um, if you watch the game, it was really just like confusing to me. If you watch the game, they were actually running Kyle Pitts out of the backfield in like the red zone, which I had no idea why they were doing that. They ran him out of the, out of the backfield, and they did like a flat route, and Mariota went the other way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. Like They're not even trying to scheme him open or get him involved. Like they're running him out of the a tight end out of the back. It makes no sense. Um, yes, you have you have to bench him at this point. I'm. I mean, it hurts. It pains me too because I drafted him pretty high, and I'm sure you guys did too. But yeah, you have to at this point. Like streamers, like I said, are outperforming him. You could probably do better uh, elsewhere. Like Gerald Everett, you know, the guy that we kind of pinned to not have that kind of production um, this late into the season. Not that we're late in the season, but this few, many weeks in the season, he actually had a very good day. Um. I had a, actually I had a couple of people asking um, to buy Gerald Everett. I have him on my bench right now, so I, I might have to keep him. <laughs> I know. It's tough not to keep him. I have him on my bench, too, in one of my leagues, and you know I don't know what to do. I have Zach Ertz in that league. I have him in that league, and I'm probably going to continue to start Zach Ertz because he's getting it done. Uh, yep. But Everett's a guy like you know who could fill in if Ertz gets hurt, or if I have some holes on the bench like or, or in my starting lineup, is he somebody that you can sell right now? Because he's still not getting a, a full route participation. He's still getting yeah. only 60%, but he's outperforming it. And a, on a per-route basis, he's being targeted right now. And we'll see what happens when Keenan Allen gets back and if he can cont- continue that production. But for now, like I don't care. I'm starting Gerald Everett over Kyle Pitts next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's, I mean? that's why I was um, at, at least Drake London, you know, he's, he's running around on 95% of dropbacks so and he got a 41 percent target share in this game so you know yeah. he's going to be fine like that's still for me that's fine like even though this is a low volume passing offense like he's the guy that's being targeted on this team and he's a very yeah. good wide receiver on any other team 
high-volume team passing offense, Drake London probably would have had like 450 yards by now. Like the dude is yeah. legit. He's really Drake, good. Drake and, London probably looks more yeah. like Mike Evans on another offense. Oh, yeah. He he looks so good. And if he was on any other offense, you know, he would like Chris Olave won offensive rookie of the of the month uh, in September. That would have been Drake London if he was on a regular offense, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in that backfield, it was a full-on committee. You know, Cordell Patterson was banned up coming in, but Tyler Algier looked good, man. Like, he, he had some big plays in that game. Uh, 84 yeah. rushing yards on 10 carries. Uh, ended up going over 100 yards from scrimmage. Uh, Patterson, non-existent in the past game for the last three weeks, right? And these other backs are looking good now. So I'm not sure how much longer we're going to be seeing Patterson as being like a, a high-end fantasy option. Like this might be end up being more of a committee. I think they wanted this to be a, a little bit of a committee coming into the year in week one. It just so happens to be Patterson uh, in week two and three. But going into week four, he's banged up, not involved in the pass game. I don't think we're going to be able to rely on Cordell Patterson going into week five with confidence. Yeah, not as an RB2. You know, maybe if I have to start yeah. with flex, I will, but not as an RB2. That's where I feel like he's being started right now. Um, yeah. I don't think you'd be able to have him as an RB2 moving forward. I wouldn't pay too much mind to Tyler Alger and Caleb Huntley, you know, getting the uh, same amount of work that they did. Um, I think it's going to kind of go back to Patterson a little bit. Um, but it, it's going to be touchy week to week. It, it's going to be yeah, Cordero Patterson's day one week, and it's going to be Tyler Alger. You know, he didn't score, but he had a lot of production um, yesterday. And Caleb Huntley got the touchdown. You know, he actually looked good running the ball. But yeah. ultimately, none of these guys – are worth putting, I think, higher in your flex moving forward. Um, the most confidence is for me is with Cordero Patterson still, even though for it's sure. not be the production that we had. Um, Tyler for Algier sure. might be able to be a pinch starter for you. Like if anything would happen to Cordero Patterson, um, Tyler Algier might be able to be a pinch starter for you. But um, I, I don't think this kind of even production is going to happen every week. Yeah, and it's like if even if Patterson was out, right? Like it looks like it's going to be a time timeshare behind him anyway. Um, yeah. It wouldn't be the Algier show. So that's interesting mm -hmm. to note. Yeah, the Falcons like giving the ball more to Caleb Huntley than they do Kyle Pitts, which, you know, kind of blows me <laughs> away. But <laughs> that is a great point. That is a great point. You know, it's mind blowing. We mentioned Devin Singletary's usage in week three, uh, going into, well, after yeah, going into week three, right? The numbers might, going into week four, I'm sorry, but the numbers might not have, have been as good on paper this week. The underlying usage actually got better for him. 16 opportunities, fine. But 87% of snaps, 76% route participation. This is RB1 type usage right here. The other backs are healthy, right? Zach Moss, James Cook, they're healthy, nothing wrong. But yeah. with this type of usage, it started in week three, got better in week four. He should be in lineups until this changes. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, we talked about how, you know, maybe James Cook could kind of separate himself, you know, over the offseason, but that's obviously not happening. And Zach Moss. He looked to maybe have a role in week one, but that hasn't come to fruition either. Devin Singletary's a guy that they have on the field, and that's you know what you want, especially in an offense quarterback by Josh Allen. Um, it was a negative game script for most of the game as they were coming back. So I, I don't think that his uh, targets got inflated too much. You know, he did have five targets, four catches. I think that his ceiling is higher than that in the passing game. Um, it was just an off day. You know, we were expecting fireworks between the Ravens and Bills. We didn't really get that. But um, for what he... For the touches that he got, he was very efficient, and that's what you want to see. Um, if he scored a touchdown, we'd be talking, you know, serious fantasy value at this point. Um, and, and, that, and that can happen. That can come. But I, I, I like Devin Singletary's usage that we've seen, you know. Um, he hasn't had this kind of workload, and he's kind of capitalizing on it now. Um, 
he's much better in the receiving game than we kind of pinned him for, you know, based on what we saw last season, which is and, and Buffalo believes that as well, right? Like they have James yeah. Cook on the roster right now. Yeah, they they're choosing to continue to use Devin Singletary. So they believe that he is the guy that they want catching footballs right now. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, I, I I heard rumors about maybe you know uh, blockbuster trade moving Saquon to the Bills, but at this point, I don't think that's going to happen because they do seem happy. And it just goes like a testament um, to Devin Singletary actually, you know, maybe wowing the coaching staff there. And it's not just that the Giants are three and one. Yeah, right. The Giants are three and one. Like they're not going to trade away Saquon when they're three and one. I understand that. You know, like they're listen. The Giants, as long as they're three and one. They're going to try their best to actually try to make the playoffs here, right? They're yeah. going to try their best to do it. It's going to take a serious like fall off for the Giants, um, even though they're they look absolutely terrible. Their defense has been keeping them in games. Saquon mm-hmm. has been literally all they have on offense. So I feel like for, for them to trade <laughs> Saquon now and w- them being three and one, that's like a self implosion. Right there, so I, yeah. I I don't see that happening. If if the Giants were one and three or zero and four, I can see it, but I, I I don't see it at this point. But I did hear that rumor though a couple couple I, weeks ago. I do think the Giants are a smoke three and one. I don't think there's much fire there, but that's just me. Oh, I totally agree with you there. I mean, I, this is an zero <laughs> and four team. Like this looks like an zero and four team to me. However, there's no way that 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 team. Like if I'm Brian Dable or if I'm their GM, there's no way I'm giving up Saquon right now. You know no. what I mean? I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying, you know, that Devin yeah. Singletary's there doing his thing. You know, he's kind of shutting that down. Good for him. It's a testament to him actually having faith in the Bills uh, coaching staff, which I don't think he had the past two seasons. For sure. Now, our boy, Khalil Shakir, sneaky waiver ad this week. Uh, yeah. You know, Jamison Crowder left the game. We I just got a notification saying that he broke his ankle. So mm-hmm. this is a, it's a bad injury for him. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie also left the game with a concussion. So you know Shakir was actually active this week uh, because who was it? Uh, who I think it was who was a uh, Jake Kumaro was it was was hurt, so he was inactive. So they activated Shakir for this game. Uh, yeah. He caught two balls on two targets. Uh, he might get some opportunity out of the slot in week five, and I'm here for it, man. Like yeah. I, I think he has a serious future. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I got to interview him in the offseason, and I'm rooting for him. I think he's a good player. He was one of the best players that I, I've seen at the Senior Bowl, and that Senior Bowl included guys like Jalen Tolbert, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, uh, and he looked the best out of all those guys. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, if he was to get some opportunity uh, in Week 5. So for me personally, I'm picking him up on my waiver wires, you know, just to see what happens here. You know, Isaiah mm-hmm. McKenzie, though, I think long-term – can definitely you know benefit uh, from for with some extra opportunity you know given the fact that Jameson Crowder is now going to be out right so there's a possibility here that McKenzie ends up being their full time slot guy number one number two now Khalil Shakir is going to be the one pushing for snaps ahead of Isaiah McKenzie right out of the slot so right. I think both of these guys uh, you know McKenzie obviously has to be rostered Shakir is a prospective ad and a potential play in week five. Uh, but he's somebody that long-term in a deeper league, 12, 14 team league could potentially push him more, push for some more snaps going forward. I, I just think that Shakir is going to end up being a better wide receiver than Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, he absolutely could be. Um, you know, you said you're a big fan of Shakir and we, we did a little coverage on him. You talked pretty highly of him in your rookie kit that we did. Um, 
you know, he showed up. He, he did what he was asked to do. The volume wasn't necessarily there, but what do you expect? You know, he's coming in uh, halfway through a game and, you know, getting the snaps. He got more looks uh, than I thought that he would, especially with Gabe Davis in the offense. Um, going back to, you know, Gabe Davis, you know, I could talk about Gabe Davis all day, just how it's infuriating. But, um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie now looks more of a, like he looks more like a better fantasy asset at this point than Gabe Davis because Davis just has been quiet for as many weeks as he's been in, except for week one where he scored the touchdown. And that, yeah, I guess you could say that's what we expected with Davis. But my, my kind of takeaway is unless things turn around quick, you know, he's going to kind of find his way to, to my bench. And I know as soon as I put him on my bench, he's going to have a big game. But um, right. this is the volatility you signed up for. Uh, <laughs> the underlying usage kind of indicated that this would be the case. Um, Isaiah McKenzie is, I think, wide receiver two right now, even over Gabe Davis in Buffalo. Crazy, right? Like that's yeah. crazy right there. Like uh, Gabe Davis this week, man, nine percent target share, nine percent mm-hmm. target share in week four in in a in a in a matchup where you thought that he would take advantage. Now the weather wasn't great; he was coming off the ankle injury, but he did play. If I'm not mistaken, he played on 100 percent of snaps. He ran a route on 100 percent of dropbacks, one more route than Stefan Diggs, and he yeah. couldn't get targets. Um, that is tough. That's tough to fathom right there that he w- can't even get more than three targets in this game. So really yeah. disappointing from, from him. You know, it's really hard for to take him out of your lineup because you know the upside that he presents. Like that that game in the playoffs is like literally holding everybody hostage Yeah, <laughs> with Gabe Davis. You know, like, here you better keep him in your lineup because you never know what kind of game he's going to have. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting. You know, we'll, we'll break it down. You know, let's hope that a lot of his target share inconsistencies over the past couple of weeks has is injury-related. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. that he's on the field as a quote-unquote decoy. I don't know. That's probably best-case scenario here. I'm probably reaching. But yeah. we talked about this, right? Guys who don't earn targets usually don't magically start to earn targets. Um, and, you know, it's one of those situations where he might end up being that guy. Now, I, I think I'm going to give him a little bit of benefit of doubt. He was banged up. Boom. So mm-hmm. let's see what happens this week. Let's see if he got some full practices in. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he ended up playing on 50% of snaps this week, 13 carries, five targets, two touchdowns. He was still splitting with Justice Hill. He saw four of uh, – Dobbins saw four of six goal line snaps. It's still split there. You know, he split non-goal line short yardage snaps pretty evenly. At, at least he's making some sort of progress, right? I think he'll be a low-end RB2 for me next week. Uh, he will be touchdown dependent. Uh, but getting yeah. five targets on top of his 13 carries, that's something we'd love to see continue. If it does, this won't be the same old Dobbins that we've seen in the past. Same old Dobbins. I don't know why I said <laughs> it like that. The dude's a stud, but I just yeah. want him to get some opportunity, right? Coming off the ACL injury also, a pretty bad injury. Uh, but when Gus Edwards comes back, what is this going to look like? I mean, he's already splitting with Justice Hill. It's possible that it gets better over the next couple of weeks, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, honestly... For me, this is a situation where I'm actually looking to potentially sell. I'm looking to see if like, hey, like, what is the scenario? You know, what is the best case scenario for J.K. Dobbins here, right? Is he going Mm. to get to a position where he's going to be seeing 60% of snaps and getting every goal line look on this great offense? Maybe. But there's a possibility that he doesn't, right? So there's a lot of people who lost J.T. this week potentially, you know, Javante Williams, right? I'm looking to see mm-hmm. see what they're willing to pay uh, after a two-touchdown game from 
J.K. Dobbins, a very young player that a lot of people are excited about. And there is this mindset, this this um, potential that he's gonna it's gonna get even better for him, right? Yeah. Moving forward, as he gets so, more healthy, yeah. As he quote unquote, as he gets more healthy. So like, you know, if that's the case, I want to see what I can get for him. You know what I'm saying? I want to see if I can mm-hmm. get a wide receiver one back, you know, with a package for for J.K. Dobbins. You know what I'm saying? Like, put, add something to J.K. Dobbins and see what you can get. So I'm going to mm-hmm. try it out. You know, he's, he's, I'm not saying he's a must sell, but like, you know, I want to see what I can get. Whenever you have these weeks where you know, a player scores two touchdowns, you know, where you're normally, you know, they score if they're scoring, they're usually scoring one. Just to see what, just to see what happens, just to see what you can get, so you can avoid. There are a huge range of outcomes for J.K. Dobbins. So for me, it's just like avoiding the potential negative outcomes for for J.K. Yeah, makes sense. Hundred percent. I I think you know seven times out of ten, I see J.K. Dobbins kind of you know suffering from the workload problems that I anticipate in Baltimore's backfield. The talent is there. I'm not betting against J.K. Dobbins' talent. It's right now. I I don't know. I think this looks a bit like overproduction to me. He did have 13 carries. You know, he did get technically the majority of the goal line snaps, quote unquote. But I I think it's overproduction at this point. Um, Lamar had an off day. You know, you don't want to pin it all on Lamar, but Lamar has been very good through the air. And today, not today, yesterday, he was not. Um, If those touchdowns shift back to the passing game, you know, we could see more uh, underwhelming performances from J.K. Dobbins. And like I said, don't want to bet against the talent. I think he's very talented. I think he has a bright future. But as of right now, the workload is split just a little bit too much against my liking. I think if you can sell, like there's no, I'm not saying there's no reason not to, but um, you're not going to be hurt if you do. Rashad Bateman has a foot injury. Uh, He was seen in a walking boot after the game. We'll continue to monitor that, but be prepared for him to potentially miss next week. I think he only played two snaps in the second half, uh, which is probably why he didn't do as good uh, for in your fantasy lineup. But if he is out, I think Devin Duvernay, uh, he is the biggest beneficiary uh, if Bateman misses, and then Demarcus Robinson would be the guy, uh, the next wide receiver up who's going to be playing uh, a full route participation. Those are the main two guys that who are going to be on the field, most likely, uh, if Bateman misses. Michael Gallup yeah. uh, returned. Uh, he ran around on 83% of dropbacks. He did end up scoring a touchdown on only two targets, but, you know, understandable given the fact that Noah Brown has been around and Gallup hasn't. Uh, but mm-hmm. I expect that to change. You know, I think, you know, so looking at the numbers here, Gallup did end up running more routes than Noah Brown. That's a great sign for him in his first game back. And that touchdown, you know, should be a little bit of a boost of confidence for Gallup uh, and oh, his yeah. return. So I think there's going to be some games where, you know, Gallup kind of goes off in, in this in this lineup, and hey man, Cooper Rush, three zero. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's not very fancy related. You know Cooper Rush is doing very well, but um, the thing that I keyed in on most was that Cooper Rush stone to CD Lamb and giving him that you know continued target share week in week out. And CD Lamb is kind of you know producing at that high level. Michael Gallup, like you said, he only got three targets, but imagine when Dak comes back. And I'm not saying that like Dak is like you know. Oh, yeah, Dak is the best quarterback. He's going to be an automatic boost for these guys. But we know Dak likes to throw to Michael Gallup. So if you have Michael Gallup and he just scored a touchdown with Cooper Rush in that quarterback, you know, I'm feeling fantastic moving forward with Michael Gallup, especially as a wide receiver three. I I deploy Michael Gallup in my lineup the same way I deploy Amari Cooper in my lineup each week um, when Dak comes back. As of right now, CeeDee Lamb's the guy with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't want to take it too far away from Cooper Rush, you know, give him his flowers. You know, he's doing very well. But um, the big thing for me is that he's kind of brought the Cowboys receivers into relevance, even Noah Brown. Like he didn't have a bad day, but um, I, I, I think Noah Brown's going to kind of fade out unless anything would happen to Michael Gallup again. Um, we know Michael Gallup is a little bit tricky. He does get injured. He tends to get injured uh, relatively easy, easily. He tends to miss games. But, um, you know, Cooper Rush has probably been a good streamer for you this week. Um, Michael Gallup, you know, very, very high um, thoughts thinking of him. He's very he's trending in a positive direction. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. Uh, 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 nice job closing that one out. Um, yeah, yeah, I had to. <laughs> Jahan Dotson uh, has a hamstring injury. Uh, keep an eye on that. Carson Wentz uh, would take a slight hit, I think, if Dotson misses this time because, like, he's caught four of Wentz's eight touchdowns this year. Uh, yeah. 50% of his touchdowns went to Jahan Dotson so far through four games. Uh, one would hope that if Jahan Dotson does miss some time, which I'm, I, I think he will because he has a hamstring injury, one would assume that McLaurin, you know, he's been a big disappointment for fantasy this year. Despite the fact that he's been a baller, you would hope that McLaurin can get some extra targets and maybe some touchdowns and stuff like that. Maybe, hopefully, um, but we'll see. We'll see. But but if you have Jahan Dotson, he's been doing his thing, looking like one of the most you know underrated rookies, doing his thing. Somebody that you know, if you listen to us, maybe he would be on your team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's also you know that, that with that same off- offense, I, I think it's time to offload Antonio Gibson if you can. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember, like, after week one, he had a big game. We told you to sell. You remember that? Uh, you know, a twenty-point performance. That might yeah. that met quite the resistance. When I was telling, when I was talking about selling him, it was like, ah, oh, like, what are you talking about? Like, he's gonna be great. Like, now he has Jonathan Williams mixing in on early downs with him this week. Brian Robinson is going to come back uh, soon, potentially next week yeah. in week five. It's very possible Gibbs, Gibson ends up being dead weight on your roster. Even if he is the 1A in an early down committee with Brian Robinson, with J.D. McKissick being the passing down guy, like that's not great. You know what that's going to look like? It's going to look like Rashad Penny like two weeks ago, you know, when he was getting like eight carries and didn't do anything for you, not involved in the passing game, that sort of thing. That's not what you want. If you can offload him and people still think that he could be this every week RB2, I would do it. I would do it now. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you said about people saying that Antonio Gibson, you know, they, you were met with some blowback because you said to sell Antonio Gibson week one like we did. But um, I feel like those people are probably the people that were setting him in their lineup and looking at him like a Jenga block. And just, you know, you pull a Jenga block out and you watch a tower shake and wobble and you hope it stays up. And that's kind of what's been happening with Antonio Gibson. That's I think that's kind of the way they view him. And they're just happy to get the decent production out of him. Yeah. Nobody thought Antonio Gibson was going to do well. Um this season over the offseason, at least before Brian Robinson was, you know, in that accident where he got shot. It's just terrible. But um, I, I think that we're looking at Antonio Gibson kind of going back to where we anticipated him being. Um, not to mention that Washington's offense has fallen off the cliff, off a cliff after since week one. Um, they've been in negative game script or not scoring very much at all. Granted, they did play against a good Cowboys defense. But, um, you know, I, I've said that Jahan Dotson was kind of my guy in this uh, receiving core. I, I wasn't a big fan of Terry McLaurin, but um, Antonio Gibson, you know, he's been getting some targets, but I, I don't think that's going to continue, especially with Brian Robinson coming in. Now, this dude, I texted you yesterday. This Seahawks-Lions game, 
It was yeah. a fantasy football paradise. <laughs> it was awesome. Everybody Gino, was getting scored. Geno Smith great. looking good over here, man. Geno Smith, 320 yeah. passing yards, two touchdowns, very efficient. If you wrote him off, he ain't right back, right? <laughs> uh, Rashad Penny, huge game, 17 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns, 67% of snaps. Now, this was the Lions, right? They give up 96 rushing yards to Miles Sanders in week one uh, on only 13 carries, 96 carries to Dalvin Cook in week 13 on 17 carries coming into this game. So it was a great matchup, but the usage did get better for him. Last two weeks, 69% of snaps, and this week, 67% of snaps. Above 50% rap participation each of the last two weeks, 67% of the rush share in week three, 68% in week four. Okay? And the other thing, the Seahawks are moving faster. They're running a lot of plays. Like, this is not... Somebody's gotten into Pete Carroll's ear. Maybe it's like a new girlfriend or something. But this was one of the worst teams in terms of pace of play under Pete Carroll the entire time. Um, But the last two weeks, they really upped their pace. Uh, Last week, they were fourth in the NFL in adjusted seconds per play. That's a great thing for this entire offense. Um, But yeah, like including DK Metcalf, including Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf, by the way, like I don't know if you saw this, but he was carted off the field on Sunday. Because he yeah. had to take a shit. He had the shit. He had the he had the runs. He couldn't uh, clench up and make his way to the bathroom. You saw you saw the tweet he put out <laughs> afterwards. He's like the clinch walk wasn't gonna make it. <laughs> I will tell you, I was about I was ready to cry when I heard that he was carted off. I'm like, okay, it's one thing if he gets injured and he walks yeah. off the field, like he was carted off. I was like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me, man. Because he finally looked good, you know, and that happened. But thank God, that's all it was. Um, <laughs> he got funny. carded. He got carded there and got carded back. That's just like that's classic shit right there, literally. Uh, yeah. But you know, and of course, of course, Encore. He he caught seven of ten for 149 yards. Okay, so like, yeah. what an all around game by DK Metcalf. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Entertainment value, production, yep. inter- entertainment <laughs> production, all of it. You know, um, and it was a great game too. So like, yeah. If, if you were watching, like, if I didn't have Red Zone yesterday and I was just watching that game. What a game to watch. What yeah. a game. You know what I'm saying? Just overall. Well, that's Amazing. the thing. That's the thing that I thought was funny. Two things. Just going back to what we were talking about Rashad Penny before we get too far removed from it. Um, he looked like the Rashad Penny of the end of last season, which was awesome. Because, yeah. you know, he's breaking off the big runs. Um, very nice to see. But um, I, I don't know if that's going to continue. I think that it was two long touchdowns that he scored. And that's kind of what he bit, relied on for production last season. If he can keep doing that, great. But I'd still deploy him as... RB2 at best. I have him, I'd have him as a low RB2 next week. Um, but then also, with the, like you said, with the pace of play, it was funny because there were so many plays being run and so many points being scored, and it still ended up being like one of the longest games of the day, which was like <laughs> – it was just a gift from the well, fantasy it, it, gods. It, it, it was because there was so much scoring that they keep yeah. stopping the clock. Commercial breaks. Yeah, 100%. Yep. It, it was just Hilarious, insane. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a great game. Now – I'll say this, like I'm going to have Rashad Penny ranked a little higher than a low-end RB2 next week. And, and it's because of the usage. Like It's not just the fact that, you know, two weeks ago, so before week three, he was in a much more even split with, um, with uh, what's his name? Um, Kenneth Ken Walker, Walker, right, on early downs. And they had the passing down back on top of that, Travis Homer. But yeah. over the last two weeks, and especially this past week, like – DJ Dallas was playing a little bit of that role in week three, but they just got rid of that in week four. And then yeah. Rashad Penny started being much more involved in the pass game, uh, you know, 50% route participation. So 
that's great. That's not what he saw, uh, you know, earlier in the season in week, weeks one and week two. He didn't have any value there. So now at yeah. this point, it's like, oh, okay, like the usage actually got in- increased. And on top of that, the offense is going to be better. Geno Smith actually looking okay. So yeah. this is not the fantasy wasteland that I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. Clearly so, not. No. Yeah. No, it's not. So I think Rashad Penny, like as long as Kenneth Walker doesn't start creeping in to being like a 1B rather than a clear number two, I think. I think Rashad Penny has some good value here. Somebody that I wasn't high on coming into the year, but the usage like doesn't lie over the past two weeks. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have him as like a mid RB two next week, maybe, maybe around like RB 17 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of the range I'll have him in. Yeah. So the usage, just one thing with Rashad Penny before I move on. Yep. Um, I think it's kind of being inflated by the Lions being like a terrible, terrible defense. <laughs> They're just really bad sure. at this point. Well, so, I guess that's – What do you have? What do you have? 18 opportunities, was it? Like he, he had 151 yards and two touchdowns yes. on 18 opportunities. 17 of those opportunities came on the ground. So it's not like right. he's getting the receiving work. That's going to be much more – it's going to give him a much higher floor if he's getting the receiving work, but he didn't. It was one target they had. And they weren't throwing much to running backs on the day. But um, I think that we might see – this might be a little overinflated um, because his workload was good, not great, and we know that Kenneth yeah. Walker's still there. But uh, it's just something that I'm noting. That's why I kind of said uh, low. Yeah. No, I, I I hear that, and and I think if if the way I look at it is that even though he only got one target in this game, I'm looking at that 50 percent route participation and assuming the targets are going to come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's kind of how I look at it. I, I look fair. at that more. Um, than the actual raw targets. And I think the yeah. targets will come eventually. The fact that he's even on the field in those situations, you know, kind of boosts his value a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like when you look at, okay, I think, uh, you know, when you look at like the running backs and like who we trust now, it's like there's not there's not a huge list right now. You know, it's yeah. like, it's very like, it's like, all right, well, I trust this guy and that guy. And like, all right, who else? You know, it's not that yeah. many. It's like Christian McCaffrey right now, Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb, Saquon, uh, Saquon, Joe Mixon. I, I'm even iffy on Joe Mixon. So it's like, well, like you the know, he's going to get the volume. At, at least he's yeah. going to get the volume. Okay. The, yeah. The uh, big, the big guys. I guess, I guess Derrick Henry at this point, you know, now that yeah. he's kind of on track again, I don't know. It's not but like the big too guys, many guys. Yeah. The names that you think we'd be saying, like DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, aren't there. Right. So right. it's interesting. Um, speaking of, you know, you know, DeAndre Swift was injured, but speaking of injury, uh, I don't know if you just got the sleeper update. Or a news. I, I just got a news I, report that okay, Javante Williams tore his ACL. Oh, and he's my out God. for the season. Oh, so no. that's a big development right here. Um, oh my God! Today. Um, oh my God, that's terrible, dude. I didn't realize it was going to be that serious. I mean, I knew like the report was that it was going to be serious, but I didn't realize like how serious it was going to be. Yeah. Now, granted, that's, that's it, brutal. It, it, this report, you know, it's coming from Sleeper, and we're not sure. Well, let's see. It Let's could see. I'm be, assuming this is an Adam Schefter tweet. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it right now. But um, it was tweeted by Tom Pelissero. Yeah, he so that's over. not a good, not a good. Um, not at all. So what does that do for the Broncos' backfield? You know. So, you know, Melvin Gordon. You know, didn't even look good. This so much. You know, you know what's crazy about this? Javante Williams saw 92 percent of snaps in the first half. Yeah. He That's was it. on his way. So everything that we wanted was going was, to happen in this game. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then and he got hurt in the first play. He got hurt in the first play of the second half. Yeah. 
You know, it's it not you know, Melvin, uh, Melvin Gordon. Gordon, you know, he's like the obvious beneficiary here, but the less obvious one, but very notable, I think, is Mike Boone. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a ton That's of the early down work. He has some of the two minute work and third down work, and he's readily available on waiver wires. So I think he's, he's mm-hmm. probably the number one waiver wire pickup this week. Yeah, it has to be. And like I said, I don't think Denver's too thrilled with the way um, Melvin Gordon's been playing. You know, he did not look good again yesterday. Didn't he fumble in this game again? Yeah. He fumbled again. He's had the fumbles. I think he's fumbled four times this season already. Jeez. Oh, my God. Which is not good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah. there's potential for Mike Boone to really take over. Hey, and here. Mike Boone, by the way, he's an athletic darling. I don't know yeah. if you I don't know if you're aware of this, but like I'm just gonna like pull up player profiler right now on Mike Boone. And numbers, I just want to yeah. like I just want to make you understand like what everyone understand like what he is. 80th percentile, 40th yard dash, 71st percentile speed score, 100th percentile burst score, 59th percentile agility score, and 86th percentile strength on the bench press. So he's a, he's one of those darlings, you know, who could potentially do some things this year. Um, so yeah, number one waiver wire pickup as I see it right now. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Tomorrow will be our official waiver wire show, and yeah. we'll put out the list and all that kind of stuff. But as of right now, Mike Boone, like obviously Melvin Gordon is rostered in almost every league. So Mike mm. Moon would be the pickup. Wow. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I, that sucks, man. Javante Williams, super, super talented. And, you know, hoping hoping for the best for him. Hopefully he makes a full recovery. It is the beginning of the year. So hopefully by the start of next season, you know, he'll be good to go. But yeah. that's that's super unfortunate. That sucks, man. All right. Let's move on. Uh, we have we just still want to go through you know all the stuff that we can this for this week. Um, so no Amara St. Brown for the Lions, no DJ Shark, but TJ Hawkinson went yeah. off. Hawkinson, eight catches, twelve targets. <laughs> Hawkinson, twelve targets, one hundred seventy nine yards and two touchdowns. I was gonna say and a touchdown, two touchdowns. What a day! Uh, he won you your week with forty mm-hmm. PPR fantasy points. And Jared Goff too. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't yeah. need Amara St. Brown this game. He went off. I think he was the number one. Was he the number one quarterback or number two quarterback on the week? I think he's number I think it was one. Hit. I think him and Gino were number one and number two. Yeah, I mean, what That's do you right. expect from this kind of game, right? <laughs> crazy, crazy, man, crazy. Uh, but yeah, Hawkinson, you know, I, I wouldn't expect this like when Amaral St. Brown comes back and this was a perfect storm for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is great. Like, uh, you'll take it. A, a win. I, I think somebody DM me saying that he they had Hawkinson on the team, but they still lost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. No, I've had imagine that kind player, of thing imagine a player going ape shit for you, and then you still lose. That's, yeah, that's, that's 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 rough. Um, um but uh, for me, uh, Chargers, real quick, man. Oh, go ahead. Did you want to? Did you want to say something? Yeah, about, with Jared uh, Goff, Hawkinson. Uh, Jared Goff and Hawkinson. Jared Goff, number one. He is the ideal QB two because of the offense he's on. You know, yeah. he has a decent floor, but he has massive upside at this point, which is weird. You know, I wasn't thinking the Lions were going to be this good, but they're very good on offense. They're not a very good defense. It kind of gives me shades of 2020 Cowboys where they were just fantasy machines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Terrible mm-hmm. defense, great offense. That's what, that's what I'm kind of getting there. Um, but TJ Hawkinson, yes, I think this is kind of, you know, like you said, perfect storm. Um, Josh Reynolds is also contributing in the passing game. But as soon as these guys come back, Amon St. Brown and DeAndre Swift, it's going to start looking more like what we saw the first few weeks. Um, TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> it's so funny because like when Amara St. Brown was absolutely killing it, we were like, oh, he was killing it because TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift were off the field. And now TJ yeah. Hawkinson's killing it. We're like, well, when, when DeAndre Swift and, <laughs> and, uh, Amara St. Brown yeah. come back, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, go back to like square one, you know, but yeah, I hear you. No, I hear it's, you it's, that one. It's, it's true. Yeah. 
Tommy Kennedy's there in the box scores. It's freaking hilarious. And he actually didn't have a bad day. <laughs> it's crazy, man. This, this is a this is a fantasy it's wonderland. Fantasy conducer. Yeah, very good offense in Detroit for fantasy. Austin Eckler, he was back doing Austin Eckler things. Three total touchdowns and over 100 yards from scrimmage on 19 touches. Eckler is currently on pace for 115 catches, which would be one catch behind Christian McCaffrey's record of 116. And he did it in 16 games. A little bit more impressive, but still. Yeah. Uh, Eckler is on pace for a shit ton of catches. Obviously, Keenan Allen being out, that could be contributing to, to that, uh, but we'll see. Uh, w- unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to see if he would get any of the goal line snaps back. We didn't get any goal line snaps from this offense over the past two weeks. They just didn't mm-hmm. have any. So, yeah. you know, if he gets those back, boom, he's back to what he was last year. If he doesn't, it's unfortunate. He won't be getting back to what he was last year yeah a much different outlook at this point right now after a three touchdown performance <laughs> you of know course. what i'm saying of course because of we were course. talking now, about if i saw some goal line carries and they were not going austin eckler's way i would be selling after that game unfortunately yeah. we just don't know but it seems like you know it's the receiving game that's going to give him a a floor to the point where you don't have to worry about like seriously like having whiffed on austin eckler's here <laughs> yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope. But, you know, with Keenan yeah. Allen coming back, how much of that target? I mean, Keenan Allen's going to get, you know, 26, 27% target share at least when he's yeah. back, you know, eventually. So that that could cut into that, right? Uh, but, you know, I mean, I can totally see Justin Herbert taking away from Mike Williams, right, easily as well. So, you know, he came through. Uh, Justin Herbert threw for 340 yards. He looked like himself. Glad this injury seems to be behind him at this point. Yeah, 100%. Damian Pierce, he's looking good, man. Like he's he had a great blocking on that one particular play. Took it to the house for a seventy-five yard touchdown, and he did the rest. He 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 looked good on that run. Um, oh yeah. He he ran a route. By the way, his role is getting better. He ran a route on twenty-five percent. I'm sorry, fifty-two percent of dropbacks this week, which is a notable upgrade from twenty-seven percent in week three, thirty-one percent in week two. Uh, he didn't see the field on third downs or two-minute situations in this game, so he's not considered the passing down back just yet. But 70% of snaps this week for him. Very notable. Yeah. They're kind of using him in like this Derrick Henry type of role. And what I mean by that is, regardless of whether they're winning or losing, they're going to continue to run the ball with him. So, yeah. you know, kind of like that's what the, the end, he's like their engine of their offense. So that would be great. You know what I'm yeah, saying? No. If that's the case for him, that is very good um, because, it, you know, we don't have to necessarily worry about him coming off the field when they're in a slight negative game script. Yeah, and that's kind of what we talked about. You know, Damian Pierce, if he could be the engine to the offense, you know, um, it would be really good for him, and that's kind of what we saw. Um, he wasn't very efficient <laughs> with his passing work. He only had eight yards receiving <laughs> on six catches, which makes me think that, you know, there's still production left on the table. There's still a ways for him to go in terms of his ceiling, but I'm not sure. I don't think the six targets is going to be as sticky as maybe the carries that we saw, but regardless – his role looks much better, and it's only gotten better. Every week it's gotten a little bit better for Damian Pierce. Um, Rex Burkhead is still a factor. He did have that touchdown, so all of Rex Burkhead's came in work came in the receiving game. So we know Damian Pierce has the ground game unlocked. If he could get the receiving game, even just partially um, more consistent, you know, he, we're looking at a very nice uh, fantasy asset, especially if you drafted him where he's being drafted early um, this offseason. Very low. Now, Adam Schefter just tweeted out i was gonna say that adam she, adam she, never mind adam Schefter just <laughs> tweeted out yeah. uh that jonathan taylor's actually on jonathan taylor's uh ankle were negative and he has a chance to play thursday night 
Okay, okay. so good news if you're Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> it's good news. I, I don't know why I don't buy it. I don't know why no. I don't buy him playing that this week. But I mean, like the ankle, like the, the x rays might be negative, but does that mean that nothing is wrong? You know what I mean? So, like, I, I would just, I would take that report with a grain of salt in terms of like him potentially being able to play on Thursday night. It is a short week. Um, yeah. Have an option ready and make sure that, listen, if JT plays, he's in your lineup, obviously. But My just kind of, just kind of make sure that you have another option for Thursday just in case he doesn't go. Um, mm-hmm. Naheem Hines obviously would be the primary beneficiary. Uh, you know, Naheem Hines did play on every, an every down role, you know, with JT out in the preseason, something we've never seen from him. If that happens, he, he'll have some serious upside if JT were to miss the, the, in this game. Yeah. Derrick Henry, is he back, dude? 22 carries, 114 yards and a touchdown. Went over 20 fantasy points each of the last two games. Uh, the Titans... They have Washington next week before their week six bye. Is he back to the, you know, close to high enough running back he was? Running back one he was before, um, you know, when we were drafting him in the first round? He's not the high-end RB1 that we want to be, but he's a solid RB1. And that's good for me, you know? Um, This is kind of the production I envision from any other running back, not not named Derrick Henry, when they get this type of workload. Um, Derrick Henry, he's not fully back to what he was. He was just an absolute cheat code for fantasy. He's not ripping off 90-yard runs like he used to, but the workload is there, and they clearly have him as a focal point of the offense right now. You know, I said before last week's game that Derrick Henry had to get right last week before it was time to hit the panic button, and I was giving him that last shot. I forget who they played, but he he came through and delivered, and now he's delivering again, and um, he's earned back my confidence in him as a weekly starter, as an RB1, not just as, like, you know, RB2, RB1. Derrick Henry is back to where he should be. Um, he's he's producing how we want him to. I, I'm confident in him moving forward for the rest of the season. We got some more news, more injury news. Cordell Patterson, he is going on short-term IR. He's going to be out for four games. So we were talking about Tyler Al- Algier, Caleb Huntley. This backfield just got a little bit smaller. Uh, yeah. and we, we, we mentioned that if Patterson were to miss time, this probably will be a timeshare. However, they do like to run the ball. Right, they're a run yeah. first team. That's all they want to do. So I think Tyler Algier, he's going to be right near the top of the waiver wire column. So is Caleb Huntley because at the end of the day, both these guys were pretty efficient. Um, I yeah. think Tyler Algier uh, is the better better running back, but you know it's possible that one of these guys takes the lead over the other. Uh, Algier would be my would be my bet, uh, and he was a little bit involved in the passing game as well. So uh, these two guys should be picked up on waivers as well this week with Patterson out for the next four weeks. Yeah, and we'll talk about that more tomorrow, obviously. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, Traylon Burks, uh, he was carted to the locker room with a foot injury. That's not good. We'll see. We'll monitor that to see how serious serious it is. He was seen yeah. on cr- a crutches and a boot, um, you know, after the game. I yeah, did get a question he, here. Would you want Tyler Algier over Mike Boone on waivers? Uh, I don't think so. I think no. I'd rather go with Mike Boone. I think he has higher upside. Uh, I think it's going to be a better offense. So, you know, with Tyler Algier, there's a chance that, you know, Caleb Huntley, you know, has an almost equal amount of touches. And I think, I honestly think in Denver that there's a chance that Mike Boone ends up, you know, being more valuable than Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon is, is that dude. Like, he, he's been great. But this this year, he hasn't really shown it. 
you know, and uh, I, we, Mike Boone's always been somebody that I was hoping would get opportunity at some point uh, because we know what his talent, you know, what his athletic profile is like and all that. So, and he was put in the, put in the game right away when, you know, Javante Williams was out. It wasn't like Melvin Gordon came in first. It, he wasn't. It was Mike Boone. Um, right. It's close, though. It's close. Um, now, we got to wrap up this show. So, I'm going to go over a bunch of stuff just real quick, you know, to kind of wrap it up here. Khalil Herbert, you know, he didn't end up scoring, but he did play 77% of snaps, 20 touches. He's a, he continues to be a must start as long as Montgomery misses time. He didn't score, but still, Tristan Ebner had two fumbles in that game. You know, I wouldn't worry about him. Miles Sanders, 27 carries, very encouraging. This is a game where the passing conditions weren't great. But instead of yeah. splitting the rushing between him, Gainwell, Sermon, with Boston Scott out, it was all Miles Sanders, 134 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Sanders has actually come through, for the most part, in three or four weeks. He duped yeah. us, dude. He duped us. As long as he stays healthy. Guess who's the top 10 running back right now in fantasy? Miles Sanders. Yeah, Miles Sanders. After mm, that game. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's, that's, just, that's just ridiculous. Because chances are you probably got him in like the fifth, sixth round of your draft, seventh yeah. round maybe. Um, as a flyer, you know, oh, maybe this is the year, and you, it's paying dividends right now. Um, so far, so far, yeah, one hundred percent. Travis Etienne ended up out snapping James Robinson this week, as we spoke out. You know, we spoke last week potentially happening, right? We spoke about Travis Etienne closing the gap on the rushing share each of the last three weeks, and this week they each had eight carries. Uh, but yeah. Etienne ended up running double the routes as Robinson did, and we spoke about selling James Robinson before this week. That met. That was met with a bunch of backlash for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, we talked about it. And, like, if you did, you probably made out big time. You're probably feeling mm-hmm. really good about that right now. And if you didn't yeah. sell him, you know, I would not sell him right now. If you didn't sell him before this past week, I would not sell him right now. There's no way that you can get what you could have got last week, right? This is about yeah. selling when the price is right, which was last week. Mm-hmm. Now you can't get the high end player that you could have got last week. So at this point, I'm holding James Robinson. And I don't think it's a panic hold. You're not sitting here thinking like, oh, man, you know, James Robinson sucks now. No. no. This was a horrible game script for him. Uh, horrible weather. You know, we knew that it was a tough matchup with the Eagles D-line. Um, this is what we expected. You know, we, we figured that James Robinson might have an off day today, and he did. Not today, yesterday. And he did. He had a, he had a bad game. Um, I think it'll go back. James Robinson will produce again. He'll be the same guy, I think that you had before, but now his volume, not his volume, his value is much lower. Like you said, a couple other notes, uh, Marquise Brown, <laughs> another 11 target game, six, for, six for 88 in a touchdown. Hollywood on the low is the wide receiver six on the year. He's averaging yeah. 19 PPR fantasy points per game. Legit. Uh, and if you want to sell with hop coming back, I get it, but I think he continues to do his thing when he's, you know, with less attention on him. I think he's going to continue to do what he, what he does. He's a good player. Yeah, um, Rondell Moore, he ended up running the same amount of routes as Marquise Brown in his return. That's a great sign for him. Uh, he didn't get mm-hmm. a bunch of production, but most of his routes were not from the slot in this game. Only 34% of his routes were from the slot. It did limit Greg Dorch, though, as expected. We talked about him being, you know, benching him this week. He only had one catch in this game. Uh, I do think that when AJ Green is back, Moore will be back in the slot. <clears throat> and I think that has a lot to do with why Moore couldn't get anything going because he's a slot guy. He's not an outside wide receiver. He's not a guy that is going to get open on the outside. That's not his game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey finally being used in the receiving game. Nine for nine for 91 yards and a touchdown. Finally, he's back. This is the type of usage we like to see. Competent coaching. 
Hopefully, yeah. we'll see. But they, they still that's quite that's quite a standard competent, <laughs> competent. Yeah, seriously, man. Uh, Brees Brees Hall, you know, take he he's taking over this backfield right now. Seventeen carries, six targets, sixty six percent of snaps, uh, half the two minute snaps, most of the third down snaps. He's good to go. Put him in your lineup. I think every week at this every week RB two at this point, and he's going to have RB one upside if the usage continues. Yeah. The Steelers made a quarterback change. Kenny Pickett coming in, provided the spark that offense needed. Uh, he did show willingness to run. Uh, so there might be some fantasy upside here. Like, you never know what the upside is going to look like. He has the weapons. I think he's worth picking up, you know, just to see what happens. You know, if you need a quarterback and you're, you're trying these low-end guys, just pick him up, see what happens. I'm not saying to start him next week, but he has the weapons. This is the Steelers, and there is some potential upside here, especially if he's willing to run the way that he showed that he's willing to run yesterday. George Pickens on that team caught caught six of eight targets for 102 <clears> yards, <throat> finally having a good game. A lot of his production was with Mitch Trubisky, uh, but with Pickett, you know, behind center, he should be picked up, right? Like in the second half, two in the second half, Pickett did end up targeting him at a high rate. So that's two weeks in a row now with 20% or higher target share for George Pickens. So if he's available, I know a lot of people are stashing him, but if he's available in your league, I pick him up right now. Yeah, Ramondre so. Stevenson, he continues to get touches. He led the Patriots backfield in snaps once again. 19 total touches in this game, involved in the pass game. He's an RB2 right now. Damian Harris, touchdown dependent flex, given he's not involved in the pass game. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that's 100%. Um, both of the Patriots running backs look good um, against, yeah. against a good Packers defense. You know, so it's um, it's interesting. They had very similar workloads. You know what's interesting too? It's like the Packers knew what they were doing on every yeah. play because they had yeah, they had B- the rookie with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. like mm, I wonder who the ball's going to, and they still right. actually they took it to the wire. The wire, you know, it was a close game. Unbelievable, man. Mm-hmm. Um, R- Romeo Dubs eight targets in this game. He came through with five catches for forty-seven yards and a touchdown. He dropped what would have been the game-winning touchdown. Uh, that would have put him at two touchdowns for the day. Uh, right. and Iron Rodgers thought that he he caught it, but. It, you know, he didn't. Uh, Alan Lazard, <laughs> he also had a good day. Six catches for 116 yards. I think, so looking at these two, these numbers, these two were the only Green Bay wide receivers to run more, run anywhere close to full route participation. So it looks like both these guys are very startable moving forward. Yeah, I think so, especially with Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback. You know, I think you can't go wrong. Um, Christian Watson, you know, he did have that rushing touchdown, but he's not anywhere close to the usage or the trust, I think, in Aaron Rodgers. Um, as yeah. Alan Lazard and Romeo Dubs are. So, he only you know, saw, he only saw good. a couple targets in this game. So, yeah. And the thing about Romeo Dubs, just a comment, side comment on that catch that wasn't, you know, that was almost the second touchdown. Um, that looked very much close. It kind of flashbacks to the Dez catch. It was exactly yeah. what happened. Dez, and then now, Dez, now it was a Packers receiver. Yeah. Dez tweeted about it too. He's like, that was the yeah, catch. That, yeah. that was. Uh, every time I get sleeper notifications, Traylon Burks. Uh, has turf toe. No surgery is necessary, but we know how bad turf toe can be, and that can leave guys sidelined, and that sucks. Yeah, I might, I might drop Traylon Burks if I have I him. If you, him. If you can't, if you, if you can't put him on IR with turf toe, you, you're not going to be able to start him for the next few weeks. Yeah, I, that's, that's, that's pretty, true. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Um, so we talked about Javante, uh, Josh Jacobs, man. He went ham in this game. His, this is the best game of his career. 28 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns, 89% of snaps. Ran around on 72% of dropbacks. That's elite usage right there. 34 yeah. total opportunities, you know, given that he had six targets as well. 
if I had Josh Jacobs, I draft him as a dead zone running back, someone I was not targeting personally. It's looking pretty good for Josh Jacobs right now. And he's like yeah. a high end RB two, you know, if this continues. Yeah, he's looked much better these past two weeks than he has the first two weeks. And that's yes. kind of come with the usage kind of shifting his way big time. Um, you know, we're talking about Brandon Bolden maybe being a guy to target, um, you know, because of the passing game. Uh, that wasn't the case. You know, he got a lot of passing game looks yesterday. The run game, their dedication to the run game is what's kind of, you know, encouraging for Josh Jacobs. Even with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and, you know, they were missing Hunter Renfro. Um the run game was where they were going early and often. Josh Jacobs, um, suddenly it seems like the Raiders are okay with using him. You know, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, which it's this is why I wasn't really expecting this type of performance, but it's here, so it's good. I'm not going to say sell high because he's kind of producing pretty consistently so far this season. So last thing I want to talk about is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He ended up with 19 carries for 92 yards and a score on the ground, one through the air on a two-yard circus pass from Patrick Mahomes. I don't yeah. know if you saw this clip, but he was practicing. He was, like, playing basketball with the football, like, earlier, like, in pregame warm-ups. Mm-hmm. He did, like, a spin move. Like, he was, like, posting up on – I forgot who he was doing it to. But he posted up, fade away, hit the shot, and he did something similar and hit the fade away <laughs> to, to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire <laughs> in the end zone. Um but the Chiefs, you know, listen, they were up big all game long. Clyde ended up taking advantage of the game script. Isaiah Pacheco got work as well. The running backs were able to rack up 32 carries in this game, uh, 56% of snaps for Clyde. The usage itself hasn't necessarily changed on a percentage standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. The game script allowed him to rack up carries. I would love to see, like, listen, I've been t- I've been talking about selling CEH every single week, right? And how long am I going to say it for, right? I'm probably going to end up saying until the damn fantasy football trade deadline. However, yeah. this is not sustainable, okay? Like, I know that it's so tough to trade somebody who's been scoring fantasy points for you, but I'd love to see what I can get back for CEH in a trade right now. I think you'd be surprised. Shoot for the moon. You know, CEH team, shoot for the moon. Shoot for Jamar. Shoot for Justin. Shoot for all yeah. these guys. See what happens. Just shoot for it. You know, you never know. That's the guys I'm trying to get. I'm not just trying to get these guys, the random dudes, and just trade away the usage. I'm sorry, trade away the production. No. Like, at this yeah. point, you're going to start CEH in your lineup, obviously. Like, he's not going to be on my bench anywhere. But see what you can get after games like this. Look at his game log. Yeah. Like, that's very attractive. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I was about to say. You know, there's no dud that a lot of people look for and like, oh, well, that's going to happen, you know, in the future. There's no dud so far. So now this is peak value, I think. Peak value. Because what happens if he has a bad week next week? And, you know, we've said, <laughs> it's funny because we keep saying this every week. What happens if he has a bad week next week? But what happens if he has <laughs> a bad week next week? We talk about capitalizing on the value that you have and, you know, going and getting other guys that, you know, might be able to return more value. Um, this is exactly that scenario. You know, it's not like this is, 30 and 40 points a week. Um, this is solid RB2 production, you know, with RB1 upside. Um, I, I think you could get a lot better, maybe even trade up to a better running back. I mean, <laughs> no, um, he's he's a very nice trade piece right now. 100%, man, 100%. All right, we went way over time today because we had a lot to talk about. We really broke yeah. down a ton, a bunch of live stuff coming in you know, as we're talking. So we, we, I'm glad we were able to hit it all in the podcast today rather than you having to wait for it tomorrow. So appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, whatever you listen to, we would highly, we would really, really appreciate it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk waivers 
We're going to order those waivers out for you to make it easy for you guys to make your claims. Take it easy. Thank you guys so much. See you later. Peace.